When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Golden West Radio Network presents Crisis. One of the merciful features of growing older is that we tend to remember the good times more vividly than the bad. Except in the case of very bad times, sometimes not even 30 years can fully wipe out a memory of horror. Some events sear themselves into our minds with such impact that we can relive every detail just as it happened. May you never experience anything so horrible that it will live brightly in your memory as long as Earl Newton's experience lived in his. And may you never be confronted with the author of that horror, as was Earl Newton. In a minute, I'll return with the first act of a tale of suspicion and suspense as Crisis brings you a story called The Unmasking. And now, Act One of The Unmasking. Earl Newton is the Midwest Division sales manager for Huber and Rossi, an international trading company with headquarters in Zurich. He and his wife, Pat, have left their Minneapolis home to attend a company reception in Manhattan, where Earl and the four other division chiefs are to meet their new boss just over from Switzerland. What do you suppose is keeping them? Flight was late getting into Kennedy, I suppose. Yeah. Hey, you haven't introduced me. Oh, I'm sorry. Terry, this is my wife, Pat. It's a pleasure, Pat. This is Terry McNay, Southeastern Division. Nice to know you. I've been hearing how Earl caught himself a real beauty. You lucky dog, Earl. <laughs> I was real lucky, Terry. So this would be your first company meeting, I guess. Yes. Well, they're usually the most boring things in the world, and if the guest of honor doesn't show up pretty soon, this one's going to die on the vine. Say, why don't you take Pat around and introduce him? Hey, wait a minute. Someone's arrived. Huh. Well, that's got to be Lang. What's his title now? Chairman of the board, Mr. Big. Oh. Everyone, if I can have your attention for a minute. It's my pleasure and honor to introduce to you our new chairman of the board of Huber and Rossi, a very distinguished expert in Swiss banking circles, Mr. Eric Lang. Well, he's an attractive man, isn't he? Thank you very much. I didn't want such an introduction, but... Uh, I want to tell you how happy I am to be here and to meet you all. I'm going to get to know you all personally, and I'm looking forward to our working together. Thank you. Earl, is anything the matter? Earl, are you all right? Why are you staring at him like that? It couldn't be. Well, what couldn't be? I don't understand. It couldn't be him, but it is. What are you talking about? Earl, are you all right? It's been more than 30 years, but I know him. Who, right? His name isn't Lang, and he isn't Swiss. He's German, and his name is Fritz Koenig. Earl? Yes, it is. Fritz the Butcher. The Butcher of the Stellagluft. <laughs> Even the other guards were afraid of him. Come on, Earl, we're getting out of here. You think he's attractive, do you? You like that, uh... A distinguished scar on the side of his face? 
Well, I gave him that scar. Earl, he's coming over here to meet you. So he is. Get a hold of yourself. Oh, and here's our Midwestern manager and his lovely wife, working out of Minneapolis, St. Paul. Earl Newton, shake hands with Eric Lang. Well, Newton, is it? How do you do? And Mrs. Newton, I'm so happy to meet you. Uh, Thank you, thank you. Uh, Earl's just been dying to meet you, Mr. Lang. Haven't you, Earl? Yes, dying. All right. You wouldn't say a word in the taxi cab, but now will you please tell me what's I will. Going? Just a minute. Who are you calling? Hello, operator. I want to call San Francisco. San Francisco? But it's midnight. It's only 9 p.m. in San Francisco. A uh, person to person to Mr. Arthur Marshall at 321-8696. Uh, that's right. Yes, I'll hold. Who is Arthur Marshall? Guy I knew in the prison war camp in, uh, in Germany. There's, there's a lot I'll have to catch up on, Pat. Well, evidently. Look, for now, just trust me. Well, I trust you, but but I feel so left out of your life all of a sudden. It isn't that, honey. I suppose Pauline knew all about this. That you hardly even mentioned being a prisoner of war to me. Pauline knows, yeah. Uh, well, we were married before I went overseas. It's ringing. What did this Fritz do, anyway? Unspeakable things. Why are you calling him now? Because we haven't any time to lose. What are you thinking of doing? What if it isn't Fritz Earl? Uh, Hello? Art? Art Marshall? This is Earl Newton. Yes, yes, I'm fine. How are you? Uh, That's good. Listen, Art, I'm in New York, and are you ready for this? Fritz Koenig is here. Yes, I'm sure. Well, I'm, let's say, 90% sure. I, I know it's been 30 years, but I, I, I'll i never forget that face of that big hawking build of his. It's him. But I want you to make sure for me, can you? I knew you would. Yeah, I'm at the Park Plaza. The number is 623-8200. No, no, on business. I'll be here another couple of days, then back to Minneapolis. You have my home phone? Uh, Pauline, uh, well, I don't know. Uh, we're divorced. Yeah. Yes, I have. Her name's Pat. Terrific gal. Although, right now, she probably thinks she married some kind of a weirdo. I've got to explain all this to her. He's going under the name of Eric Lang. And the guy's... Are you ready for this? Chairman of the board of Huber and Rossi. Yes. Okay, Art. And thanks for anything it can turn up. Right. Right. Good night. This Fritz was a guard? Right. A sadistic animal. What did he do to you? <laughs> you know, I, I don't even want to tell you. Well, if you don't want to... It's you... not that I don't want you to. It's just that... Well, would you believe I never even told Pauline exactly what he did to me? Why not? Because there... There's some things you just don't want a woman to have to hear. Can you understand that? Was it that bad? It was that bad. When did all this happen? Well, I was shut down in September of 44, and they put me in the Stalagluf. What does that mean? It's a prison camp for enlisted men, uh, non-coms. And I, I went there in September, and the war ended the, the next May, so I was there for eight months. 1945? Uh-huh. I feel like such a baby. I was born in 1945. I know. I guess I never 
mentioned this little uh, episode to you because it kind of points up the difference in our ages, uh, 52 to 30. Uh... Oh, it doesn't matter what the difference is. Listen, Earl, 30 years is a long, long time. Couldn't you be mistaken? Couldn't Eric Lang remind you of this Fritz character? I, I could be mistaken. But I'm not. The scar on his face, where I got him with a broken bottle the night I escaped. Escaped? Yeah. You escaped from a concentration camp? Yeah. Any Anyway, the scar and his build and his little blue eyes set close together. Oh, I did notice that. And his voice, smooth and deadly. No, it's him. It's him. It's got to be. Well, then what are you having your San Francisco friend... Well, Marshall? What's, what's yes, yes, Marshall, check out for you. Art Marshall just happens to have a worldwide network of contacts who can tell him... Anything you want to know about any former Nazi. It's it's kind of a compulsion with him. I've seen movies about concentration camps. Were they... Were all the guards like Fritz? Oh, no, no. I I didn't have any trouble with anyone else. Like I said, even, even the other guards were scared of Fritz. Of what he'd do. Oh, honey, this is crazy. Don't you know that? People change so much in 30 years that I'm you... I'm aware would... of that. All right. All right. Suppose Eric Lang is Fritz. What can you do now? The war is over. It's been over for 30 years. Not my war. Not my war. Pat Newton slept very little. She lay awake listening to the uneasy breathing of her husband as he tossed in his sleep. When the first gray streaks of dawn lit the windows of their hotel room, she had formed a plan, a desperate, risky plan, which would either save her husband or finish him. Now tell me again. My meeting is at 10 o'clock in the office in the Chrysler building. I'll be tied up through lunch, and you're going to go shopping and meet me back at the hotel here for cocktails at 5 o'clock, and then we'll have dinner somewhere. But, uh, will you be seeing Lang? Why do you ask? Oh, I just, just wanted to know. No. He's, uh, touring the facilities today. Huh? What facilities? Oh, the, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, well, let's see. This morning, he's at the packaging plant. This afternoon, he'll oh, well, be... Where, where's the packaging plant? Down in the East River somewhere. I've never seen it. Why? Nothing, nothing. Just wondered. Oh, oh, there's a taxi. Yeah, you better grab it. No, you you take it. No, I told you the company's sending a limo to pick me up. Oh, yes, so you did. Get in the cab. He won't wait. Earl. What's that? Honey, don't... Don't do anything rash. I won't. Go on. Bye. Where to, lady? Do you know the Hubert and Wessie packaging plant on the East River? Of course I remember you, Mrs. Newton. But I didn't expect to find you here in this noisy place. I have to talk to you, Mr. Lyon. Well, I would be delighted. Oh, Frank, is there some place where we can talk in private for a few minutes? I think so. Come on. You can use this office. Thank you. You'll excuse us, please, for a bit. Oh, yes, indeed. We'll be out in the front. Take your time, Mr. Lang. Maybe Earl's boss, but I must say I didn't like his tone of voice. Nor did I, but never mind. Now, what can I do for you? Well, I'm sure you noticed that my husband acted rather s- 
strange when you were introduced last night. Strange? No, I didn't notice. He hardly said two words to you. Is that so? Well, I met so many people last night. Frankly, I can't even remember which one your husband was. <laughs> that's a terrible thing to admit, but that's my weakness, one of them. I have a terrible memory for faces. <laughs> that's really ironic. Because Earl seems to have a fabulous memory for faces. Oh? Mr. Lang, my husband was a prisoner of war in Germany in the Second World War. Oh, he was? Yes, and he... He is convinced that... that yes? Well, when he saw you last night, he thought you were a guard in his prison camp. A guard that he... that he hated. Oh, I see. I mean... Oh, I know it's a case of mistaken identity, but Earl is... Earl is so positive about it, and... Well, I... I wanted to warn you. Warn me? Of what? I think he... could try to... harm you. <laughs> but that's ridiculous. He thinks I was a guard in a German prison? How could I have been? I'm Swiss. Then you're not... You weren't ever named Fritz Koenig. <laughs> no, my dear lady. You may assure your husband that I have been Eric Lang for as long as I can remember. And the scar. He thought that was from a, a broken bottle that he hit you with. That scar occurred on a small road in Italy when I ran my motorcycle into a tree when I was very young. Oh, this is all so perfectly foolish. I'm so sorry to have even brought it up. But I was terribly worried. No, 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 no. Don't apologize. I can quite understand how your husband could have a case of mistaken identity. It's perfectly natural. Why don't you have him come and see me and satisfy himself that I am who I say I am? I'm staying at the Waldorf. And, and you won't hold it against him? <laughs> of course not. Oh, thank you, Mr. Lang. Thank you for understanding. So, what'd you buy? What? You haven't told me what you bought. Did you go to Bonham and Teller? Mm, no. no. Actually, I didn't buy a thing. Well, what did you do all day? Oh, I just... Oh, Earl, I can't lie to you. I talked with Mr. Lang. You what? I went down to the packaging plant and talked with him. What did you talk about? About... His past. Why the hell couldn't you leave this to me? I was so afraid you'd do something terrible. You told him I recognized him. Yes. You told him everything. I only did it to find out for him. Find you. out? Find out if he's really Fritz Koenig? Did you expect him to admit it? I don't know. Well, now you've done it. You've really done it. Come on, we're leaving. Where are we going? You're going up to the room. Well, what about you? Never mind about me. Earl, Eric Lang isn't Fritz Koenig. I know he isn't. And he... He even told me to have you call him and come and talk it over with him so you could see for yourself. Yeah. Well, I'm going to take him up on his invitation. All right. Now, you stay here and don't budge until I get back. Do you understand me? Please, Earl. Don't go see him now. At least wait until your friend calls from San Francisco. There's please. no time for that now. Thanks to you. Earl! Oh. 
Hello? Yes? No, no, he's not here. Who is this? Mr. Marshall. Yes, from San Francisco. Earl told me all about you. Oh, Mr. Marshall, something terrible is going to happen. Earl is positive Eric Lang is Fritz Koenig. And I think he's... What? Are you sure? this down. Fritz Koenig died in 1958 in a hospital in Stuttgart. Yes, 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 I have it. But how am I going to make Earl believe it? Yes, yes, he's at the Waldorf seeing Mr. Lang right now. Would you call him? Here, I'll get you Lang's number, but would you please call him right away? It may already be too late. I don't know what I can do to prove it to you, Mr. Newton, that I'm really not your man. What did you do in the war, Lang? I was an ambulance driver for the International Red Cross. Sure. My friend, in Switzerland, as in the United States, a man is innocent until proven guilty. The burden of proof is upon you. If you think I'm this Fritz uh, fellow, prove it. <laughs> the proof is up here in my head. I've seen your face and heard your oily voice in my nightmares ten thousand times in these thirty years. That must give you a lot of satisfaction. I am very pained that you have suffered so. Yeah. Well, I came up here to give you back a little of that suffering. Fritz. I'm not Fritz. What do you have there? Something I picked up down at a surplus store on the way over. Recognize it, Fritz? It's a bayonet. I put it away, man. The war's over. All but one last skirmish. Don't answer it. I... I know who it is. I'm expected down in one of the conference rooms. If I don't answer, someone will come. All right, all right. Uh, you say one thing about me, and this bayonet goes right through your eye. Yes. Hello. Who? Hello, Newton? Yes, yes, he's right here. Who is it? Who is this? Someone named Arthur Marshall. Marshall? Give it here. Arthur, how did you... What? Are you sure of that? Oh, my God. What was that? Fritz Koenig died in 1958. What have I done? What can I say? Well, don't say anything. I, I... You've done nothing. And nothing will happen because of this. Except perhaps now you will have no more nightmares. Go home, Earl. And take this war souvenir with you. Hello. Hello. Yes. Everything is all right. Don't worry. Yes. He just left. But it was very close. Thank you, Arthur. 
We all thank you. All of us who are still hiding. I'll be back again in a minute with the names of tonight's players and a few scenes from next week's Crisis. The Unmasking featured Ray Court, Pat French, Arthur Kahn, Vern Taylor, and Richard Arnold and was written and directed for Crisis by yours truly, Jim French, who invites you to join us again next week at this same time for another Crisis. Crisis.